On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, and Jeb, we cover the tough losses at Furman and Wofford, look ahead to the Western Carolina and ETSU matchups this week, discuss what's going on around the league, and answer a little step-sing trivia. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I want to imagine yeah. 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 on a Saturday night. Yeah. 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 Second overtime, Nick Pollard, the snap, the hold, the kick. On the run, he's got room. It's like a five to attention to win shit. So kind, champ. All right, guys, so we're recording this Sunday night. It's about nine minutes to go in the third. Kansas City, Cincinnati tied up. Got a good little game while we record. Uh, but wanted to start off the, the episode with our question of the week. It is Step Sing season. Step Sing just crowned a new champion. Congrats to FIMU. So in that spirit, what were y'all's favorite Step Sing memories? And how many years did you all do Step Sing? Jed, you just did the did one, right? One year, I think. I mean, I went to Freshman I went year? to some of the, I guess, training sessions. I don't know what you would call them. Practice sessions. Uh, Practice. Sophomore year. And I just, just didn't have enough time. I think there was something else I was working on that I wasn't able to be there in the evening. So it was just freshman year. You were like yeah, a lifeguard, I was working on the campus in the campus rec department. So you just had the experience of being an elf. I will say <laughs> that sophomore year was the year that we won. And so we got third place when we were the elves. And then we got first place the next year. And I kind of wish I was a part of that team. But I, I could have been, yeah, I could have been done with that. Then. You know, if I was just like, freshman sophomore year and then i'm done i should have stayed with it but it's all right it was cool so what's your favorite moment friends go through it my favorite step scene moment uh my favorite moment yeah when we were the out it didn't have to be no, while you're participating this, this is certainly while i was participating um favorite moment was when it snowed during snap scene and it snowed a lot Oh yes. oh yeah, yes. We were the yes, and so we and so after <laughs> I so forgot about way that. to I guess one of the shows or yeah it was I, well, actually it was after so it snowed during Stepsing one of the nights or two mm-hmm. of the nights like the Thursday yeah. night and then we left when we were done and we were just a bunch of like. Just like a bunch of elves on the quad, <laughs> just playing in the snow. People we were just having us a snowball fight, like it was Buddy the Elf. Like, and it was, dude, that uh, was my favorite. I totally my forgot favorite, about uh, that. That was great. And you had all these other, you know, groups that were doing step seeing in their costumes and whatever, running around yeah. too. So it was, uh, yeah, that was cool. That was my favorite. That's a good one, Joe. What about you, Mike? How many years did you do it? I did it too. I did freshman year as elves and then uh, sophomore year as, a, as the, the bowlers, which. Um, Dang, wait. So neither one of y'all did it senior year with us? No. I Did you do it junior, senior yeah, year? I was a both, cactus, both? baby. You did it all I was four? a cactus and a bowling pin. No, I didn't do it junior year. Okay. Yeah. If I know this sounds weird because it's just subsing, but it's like that's one of the things that, you know, I, I would take back and just do. But. I mean, it's not just Stepsing. It's like the biggest weekend of the year, you know, yeah. at Sanford. Oh, yeah, 100%. Dude, absolutely. They, they, they tell us bigger. that. 
Nothing all the bigger. time. Like be on your best behavior. This is the biggest weekend of Sanford. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it. Yeah, you're right. But it's in it, in my opinion, it's more fun to participate too. But I'm glad I did it. I, yeah. Well, sophomore year was the best because like me, Sam, uh, Jared, and Porter yeah. were all the pins, which like. So we didn't have to like hardly practice because yeah, half the, was half the, the show crap. we were like yeah. not even there. And I'm we sure were just I was like swaying back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah, it was. I like, mean, granted, yeah, they assigned the pins to the people that couldn't dance or sing. Now, Michael, I'm not speaking yeah. for you, but I'm no, definitely I, speaking we, for myself. We were tall and uncoordinated, so they gave us the least amount of dance moves, but it was great. <laughs> we just got to sit there and like watch practice the whole time. And Brian uh, was the bowling ball, which was high. Yeah, I mean, let's like I I feel like that show still probably goes down as is one of the greatest stepsing stepsing shows of all time. It was very original. It was like it there was, was so the much hype times. around campus. Wasn't it one of the first times that they introduced like people as props like that? Like the bowling pins? Oh, maybe. They I don't know. I was watching a couple of the shows from, from this weekend and it seemed like every show or I only watched two, but they had a ton of they, they do like videos in the background now. Oh, like you can go out and film, like film and, and put it on. I the back saw of that the they show, made gifts different. of every character from each group too. And if, and if you're out there and you're that saying, cool. "Jeb, it's a GIF," no, you're wrong. It's a GIF. <laughs> <laughs> it's a GIF. All right, so wait, Michael, keep going. So keep going. Uh, man, I, I mean, that whole show was great. Like, I think you know, none of us really thought. At least, like from our group, didn't think it was gonna be that good. I remember at one point, yeah, we're sitting in practice, and Porter looks at me. He's like, "Dude, this show's gonna be <laughs> awful." Uh, and of course, like our our friends were directing it, and so we were. I don't know. We just didn't think it was gonna be good. And then the first night, because uh, like the first night Thursday, everybody's up in the stands, like all the shows, and that's my favorite like, night. Yeah, we go down, and Pie Cap was sitting behind us, and Pie Cap had won back to back two years prior. We don't. We don't say that. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then we come in and we open the show with that like harmony, and apparently one of the podcasts is just like, "Oh, damn, that's good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then we didn't look back and we swept it. Uh, but I think the the left shark was probably like my favorite because Yik Yak was a thing. Yeah, and we were the pins were so bad at like getting in sync with our swing that everybody was yik yakking at us that we were called the oh left shark on the Katie I wonder Perry if I wonder if that's I still thought about that. Is it yeah, is yik it yik? still a thing or I don't know. A, a couple of Furman grads actually created that. Yeah, app. I know that. Um what? <clears throat> yeah, I knew that. Uh Yik Yak no, is making was... a comeback. I heard on it I heard about it on NPR really? in Atlanta. So like the fact that I heard about it this yeah, year. Yeah, so it's definitely being used during So be, that tradition's got to still be there. It was like the only it's the only time that we used Yik Yak, but, I think. Uh, yeah, that was like my favorite thing about Sepsing time too. It's Yik Yak. But everyone, everyone who was, you know, <laughs> uh, at least like, like worked at the university or, you know, the, the administration was like, yeah. they were all trying to take it down. They were trying to take down Yik Yak every year. And uh, people were figuring out how to get around it. And so I just, the university was just so adamant about getting rid of Yang. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, oh, what a terrible was, app. Uh, great. What a terrible <laughs> app. You can't give that kind of power oh, to my college kids without any repercussions. <laughs> they changed their branding. Did they really? 
Is it yeah. still live? Um, it got purchased. They sold it to someone else. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good for them. Maybe they maybe they'll donate it's, some back and it's developed in Nashville. Furman to build an actual basketball arena. Group, oh, wow. that's cool. I have to download it and see what kind of activity we get down in Franklin. <laughs> All the housewives. I know. Right, Outside of a college campus, it's hard to say what's going on on Yik Yak. Yeah. Um, Sam, what was your favorite? My favorite moment was, I mean, winning it all, right? Like, that was awesome. Going on the stage with the confetti. But yeah. I think, honestly, my favorite was probably doing it senior year, being a cactus, and just kind of goofing around, keeping it low-key, enjoying it with the freshmen. Um, I think that was probably just the decision to do it my senior year is probably my, my favorite thing. Did anybody else from our year do it with you? Like yeah, any of our Porter friends? did it. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter. I was I was a little shocked though that a women's group uh, won because when I was going through for the trivia, finding some questions out of the last nineteen or twenty step stepsing champions, a women's group has only won it like four or five or six times. Yeah, it's like it was really rare because for a while, I guess they changed it this year because like. Maybe right after we left or a couple years after we left, they changed it to where they had like a women's champion, a men's champion, and like an overall champion because Wait. the men's groups would always sweep. How does that make sense? I know. I don't under, totally understand. Like does – if the women's – so if me won this year, does that mean they also won the women's champion? No, I think there's like a like an overall champion and then there's a men's group and a women's group. So there's That's three champions of- every year. But it was because like the men would always win and like usually sweep the top three. Yeah. So they did they do a top three if they have a women's and a men's champ now? I don't know. All I saw that was that five mu one. I don't. I don't know who got second or third this year. Interesting. Interesting. I heard Sam Guys was good. I heard ATOs was good. Yeah, I'm sure ours was good. And I mean, we're kind of on a hot streak right now in terms of good good productions. Yeah. I don't know when that'll end. But we are definitely in the golden era of Sigma Kai Stepsing. All right, so let's get to basketball. Um, enough, enough about Stepsing. I think that's the most I've talked about it in uh, five years. Yeah. yeah. All right, so for the first time in our young podcast history, we get to talk about a conference loss. And I really mean losses. Furman and Wofford. We'll start with the Furman game because that was the game that really felt like a loss, really hurt, really stung. I was pissed about a lot of things. Who wants to take us through the Furman loss? I mean, it's it's not like we played terrible, right? Uh, watching, I mean, it was a great no. game. Um, we just didn't finish. Uh, obviously, I, th- I think we had a chance to put this game in the bag before going into overtime, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure. 100%. Absolutely. And, and I was just waiting for that to happen rather than watching, and it, and it just seemed like mm-hmm. – I think – didn't we have a turnover – Something there that was like critical, and I was like, "Why did we do that?" Uh, and we, and that just allowed them to come back and tie the game, and then we went in overtime, and we fell apart. We had several time. empty possessions to end the game. Yeah, oh empty yeah, possessions. Yeah. Was terrible. They hit a couple threes. They were in the double bonus with like seven. Oh, that's what it was. That, that so was the most was, So we part had a really in in regulation. We had a really good. And I think it was, was it Quez? May, may not have been Quez, but we had a really good shot to just get a last set, a, a lot, you know, 
take the last shot of the game. And all we needed was yep. just a bucket. Like, did not have to be a three-pointer. Did yep. not have to be anything special. We just needed one. It was yeah, McCray who had the ball last. Uh, it, oh, was, it was Bubba. It was Bar- yeah, oh, it was Bubba. You're right, you're oh, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. We had like eight. We got the ball back with like eight seconds and had mm-hmm. a timeout to use. We had, uh, we, I think we had multiple. Yeah, we had multiple timeouts to and use, so, and, and they decided yeah, to play so, on. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because he he and I'm not calling out Bubba by any means, but I'm just saying he drove to the basket and then circled around and came back mm-hmm. up to up to the came top of the back key. Out. And I was like, what are you doing? When you drove to the basket, just take the shot. You, there was like four seconds left or something. Uh, and mm. I, I don't quite understand Inferman what our no game timeouts. plan was for that situation and maybe why Bubba had the ball there or, I don't, you know, I don't know. But we should have just, just taken it. I can't. Shot. I don't think Quez was on the floor he because. Goes, he drives up, takes a shot and gets fouled, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah, like, yeah. He's got to make. He's got to make one just make bucket one. to win the game, and they have yeah. three seconds to score without a timeout. So like, it was just frustrating it. ending to that game. Um, yeah, and we could have won it. it. We played great. I'm not saying we didn't. It's just the way that we we just kind of fell apart there and didn't didn't execute at the end. We played so. great in moments. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely wasn't a complete game. But I, the foul, the the officiating was frustrating. Not like. Like I'm not going to be one of those fans that goes out and says that we would have won the game with better officiating because I don't think that any of the calls against us were like egregious in any way. But the, you know, we were in the double bonus or they were in the double bonus, however you say it. Like we had hit ten fouls with like eight minutes left in the game, and Furman was still at like three in the second half. Oh, Parham was in foul trouble. Jermaine Marshall and Quez Glover were both in foul trouble. Uh, I think Marshall and Glover both fouled out uh, towards the beginning of overtime. So we're sitting there without two of our best players, and then our other best guard who's on the court has four fouls. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's really like why we lost overtime was because our best players were on the court. Uh, And I felt like they were calling it consistently the whole game against Sanford, but – Furman wasn't getting the calls against them in the same manner. Like it was a bunch of touch fouls. Yep. Uh, a lot of hand checks. Like we should have learned from that. Like so you, many hand checks. fouls. You should learn early on if a ref is calling a game a certain way, like adjust to the way that they're calling the game. And it it's hard. Seem like we were, if you're if Jermaine we Marshall though, and you're boxing a guy out, how oh, do you adjust? That, is, that was so frustrating. How do you adjust? They tried to call a flagrant foul on him for boxing he run, out. He runs Jaylen's into Jermaine. Yeah. He runs into Jermaine. Foul on Jermaine. And they tried to look at it for a flame. I don't think the refs. I think the refs are tired of Jermaine's trash talk. <laughs> I really do. That, I think he they wasn't have it out that chippy because it because he gets he gets fouls called on him that I don't see anyone else get called, and it didn't start with the firm game. I think it really started uh, with the maybe the ETSU game or no, yeah, probably the ETSU game, and then especially the Furman and Wofford games this weekend. Holy Toledo, they were out for Jermaine. I mean, he doesn't talk that much. That's what I'm – I don't get it. But the, you can just tell. Like even – so there was one instance in this Furman game where Quez was frustrated. He bounced the dribble really hard as he, as he was giving it to the ref. But he bounced it hard to himself and then handed it to him. The ref then proceeds to follow Quez all the way back to the Sanford huddle to have a word. It's yeah, like what they... kind of entitlement as a referee do you have? Give me a break. Like the guy's not disrespecting you. He's frustrated. He's 20 years old. 
cut him some slack. And he wasn't shooting well, so like you know, being the, you know, you know he's gonna be frustrated, but it's not like he was doing anything worth even getting talked. Like the fact that the ref felt like he had to talk to no, him. Quez wasn't even. That's what really irritated me about that moment is Quez is not a, a talker. Well, yeah. at least that we can tell. I mean, he might be under his breath. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to point out that I thought were really good about the way we played. I mean, we shot fifty-five percent from field goal, and we shot we even shot thirty-five percent as a team from three. As compared to yeah, we shot like, well enough. From three. They shot forty percent from field goal yep. and twenty-three uh, percent from three. So Terrible you look at those numbers, you're like, man, like we we let this one go, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe it was the free throws. There's a couple things that really changed the. There's because you're right, Jeb. Like Furman shooting that poorly from three and us shooting that well. If you had just told me that stat, I say we Furman's won. The also, game. like an extremely streaky team. Uh, it seems. I mean, they. If but then, what on, if I asked on, you if they're not? And they're, they they clearly didn't weren't really that on in this game, and we still lost. Well, they were they were not on from three. But their game plan worked. And their game plan was... Now, I don't know if they had this game plan going into the game, but they certainly adjusted well. The calls were going their way. And so they just pounded that advantage. They made... And then, and then you know, converted at the line. They made 14. They made double. Yeah, that, that's what throw. I was... That's what I was pointing out. Yeah, they, they shot 34 free throws. Or 34. It's a lot. They shot 80% as a team. In an overtime game, one free throw can make a difference. And when Sanford shoots 13 for 29, yeah, nine, 13 not going to get it done. Yeah, we were, we were 68% from free throw. But they had the whole – they had over half of the second half every Dude, foul. Dude, a third of their points from came from free throws. <laughs> Think about that like that. Yeah, it was insane. And they shot 80%. The other so- insane thing is the offensive rebounds. Oh this is gosh. a Furman team yeah. who had a negative – they had a negative rebounding margin on average coming into this game. They were near the yeah, bottom of the sure conference. The answer is and they get 17 offensive yeah, rebounds. That's a lot. I mean, yeah. To our six. I, I don't know. Box out? I don't know what to say. But clearly – Well, you get you get fouled. You get called <laughs> yeah, for a foul if you box out. And then they go to the line on the other end. It was – so the second chance points, 23 to 8. The free throws, 27 to 13. Turnovers. The turnovers, Sanford 15, Furman 7. We had like we had like six turnovers in the first five minutes of the game. They had nine steals. Um, Once again, a team that does not steal the ball, they average four steals a game, has a nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. And it's funny because we said um, if Sanford is going to win this game, we were going to shoot well from three, which we did, or shoot above 30%, which we did. Our bench was going to vastly outscore theirs. We did three to one, 26 to nine. Um, and then what else did we say? We said, oh, high energy defense. Well, that kind of came back to bite us because that really just meant fouls called. Yeah. Like nothing that I don't think that the majority of the fouls called against us on defense should have been called fouls. They should not have been called fouls. Well, they haven't been called up to this week, right. basically. Well, and like Bucky was. The, the announcers were so frustrating because the they were on Furman's side, obviously. But the announcer? You mean the, the Furman Broadcasting Network? Exactly. I feel like Sanford's Broadcasting Network is pretty, like... Is fair. I would, they, yeah. They're pretty fair to both sides. I agree. When, when listening to them. Well, Michael, it's funny you said uh, you're not one to normally blame the refs. And it, as I was watching this game, I'm like, if we lose, 
I, I will never say it was because of the refs, but like this was one of those games where enough went against Sanford that the refs certainly had a, a bigger, a larger influence than they should have. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think I'll never fair. say like, that we lost because of the refs. That's just right. a, a weak, but, a weak way out. I think most people who objectively go watch this game, there's like a noticeable difference in the way that Sanford's being refed versus the way that Furman's being refed. Well, Jalen Slauson could do no wrong. Jermaine Marshall lays a finger on you. Technical. Yeah. It, it, it. And just the fact that, like, man, we had to win in regulation because we knew that yeah. we were in foul trouble. Oh, yeah. Zero, as soon and as it went to overtime, I was like, oh, it's over. We're done. Marshall and Parham being out in the first minute of overtime, Quez. Quez was Quez and, and Marshall were playing. They were going offense defense, so like they'd come in on offense and then stop it to play. They go out on defense because they which can't honestly, Bucky, I felt like I feel like he played that line though pretty well. Oh, he played I think it really he well. Maximized our chances to win there, with the exception of the f- actual final play. I think he managed that part of the game. I was impressed. Yeah, I was surprised at how how smooth that went because yeah, uh, I mean there were a lot of stoppages to play towards the last like five minutes of the game, which uh, helped obviously. It's gonna be tough for a player though because you're oh, like, I can't it's hard imagine, to get in a yeah. rhythm, you know. I can't especially imagine. somebody like Quez who you really need to be able to shoot the ball. Yeah, it's one thing if you're Jermaine coming out there. I mean, it's a whole nother if you're trying to shoot or uh, pass the ball, run the, like run the offense. Yeah, yeah. It limits uh, transition uh, scoring. I, I don't know. Just frustrating all around. It was. I mean, we we definitely need to acknowledge that Slauson is very good at basketball. He pretty much single-handedly powered Furman to victory in this game. He had six offensive rebounds, six offensive rebounds, three steals, a block. Oh, and he scored 26 points. Yeah. I mean, dang. <clears throat> He's good. Defensive player of the year, probably. Yeah, he's very, very good. He was last year. He's almost like Jermaine Marshall with Logan Dye's offensive ability. Yeah, he's it's crazy. How tall is he? Six six, six seven. I think he's I think he's taller than that. Let's see. He's six seven. Yeah, yeah. He's good. I mean, say, go ahead, Mike. Good. I was just say we've said multiple times this season that Slauson and Bothwell are both you know NBA prospects, and they definitely showed that on on the on Wednesday. Yeah, Bothwell is good, but I was honestly I was more impressed by Piggy. Yeah, he's a stud. Like as a point guard, that that is one interesting. I wanted to ask y'all, what do y'all think about Quez's assist uh, numbers? Because so far they have not been impressive. But then you watch a guy like Piggy, who gets seven assists and fifteen points. Like if Quez Quez can score fifteen and we can win if he has six or seven assists. I don't, I don't think you need like Quez to be distributing the ball right because you have Bubba and you have. Uh, but does the offense run? No, the offense Bubba? doesn't run through through Bubba, but it runs through Quez. It does. Well, that's my point, right? Is like he, you might these might be assists. The, like he might be he might be passing the ball, <laughs> and then then the assist is coming off that pass. Oh, it's my not gosh. him assisting anyone. It's the ball's. What you know, just happened? Like, yeah, sorry, Jeff. We're laughing at the game. What happened? Patrick <laughs> Mahomes just like. Tried to throw the ball and it slipped out. It just looked like the most unathletic. <laughs> he looked like That's a true funny. Texas Tech oh quarterback right there. All right. <laughs> we, we can, anyway, uh, so, I mean, what I'm saying Yeah, is, sorry, jump to throw you off there. The ball might be passed twice after Quez has distributed it. So, like, if you, look at his, if you look at his assist numbers, it's like if he's if the offense is running out, out of him, 
Like if he's making that first pass while we're on offense, that ball might be getting assisted off that next pass, not off his pass. You see what I'm saying? And that usually could be Bubba. Oh, yeah. sure. Or Logan Die. But that's not like what's a scoring. The problem is though, Jeb, that's not that's not what's happening. It's either Quez taking it to the hoop or shooting or passing it to someone who's about to score or passing it and then the ball just kind of keeps moving around because the offense is kind of dead. Do y'all not get that same feeling or uh, I just don't think that the need for Quest to be a facilitator, just the style of offense we play is, is as great as it is his need to be a scorer. Yeah, I think like okay. styles of offense where you need your point guard to be a facilitator. Yeah, that I agree. With but then Michael. who's our facilitator? Logan? Uh I don't know who's leading. I mean, the I think the whole assists, the whole team kinda that would actually be interesting. I would Jaren really. Yeah, really's really and Bubba. And then Quez are the top three averaging assists per game. So, yeah, we're in the middle of the comp. We're fourth in the conference in assists, averaging 13 a game. Um, and then in this game, we had however many. Well, really, really and Bubba both have over 60 assists 11. in the season. Logan dies next at 32. Obviously, Quez has been out. It's not fair. But, yeah, Quez but doesn't count. if you count look at it, it's, right, right, it's right. really in Bubba. But now that Quez is back in, it's, you know. But what would the numbers look like over time on the season if he if he didn't get hurt? Yeah, you know? I mean, we're just taking. Are you taking one game, Sam, and you're saying like that's something to look at and be concerned about? No, the no the games he's been back okay. on the games he's been back on. It's been similar stories where he's had more turnovers than assists, other than the very first game where he just went off. Um, he's had more turnovers than assists. All I gotta say is like, all I gotta say is Cook. <laughs> yeah, I trust the man. Yeah, no, I trust him too. I'm just saying that's not a stat you want to continue. You don't want a negative. Anyway, let's talk about this Wofford game. Wait, I've got one more point. Oh, yeah, what's up, Mike? uh, So I I didn't really pick up on this, but the announcers did about how Sanford on defense will start out in a 2-3 zone, and then after the first pass from Furman, they switched to man. man They did a great job breaking the defense down as it changed. Furman did? The announcers. Oh yeah, I just thought that was an interesting. Like, I I don't think that we usually do that, do we? Or are we just not smart enough to pick up on it? Um, I don't know if we do that thing specifically, but we definitely shift our defense depending on the first pass, the offense we're playing, um, and then just what's going on in the game. Like, I I think we've seen every defense we play, like three or four versions of the defense in every single game, right? Right. Yeah. But that's what's been odd is like it didn't work. They still, I mean, I know we went into overtime, but they still scored 91 freaking points. Yeah, but what was it at the end of regulation? Like, it was high. 70s, it was um, 70s. Yeah, they scored 76 in regulation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's terrible. No, but considering that our, our conference average is uh, 69, yeah, like but that's what it's been taking to stay undefeated. They hit three threes to end the game. Yeah, it was terrible. Like when AJ yeah. made that three, when AJ made that three to put us back up three, I thought it was over. I was like, we're yeah. winning this game. God, I can't game believe that. Over. I was like, uh, I love you, AJ. I love you. Frustrating. Like both teams are shooting terrible from three, and then the last minute of the game, it's like. And four then who was the eight. guy who made it for them? Like what? it was Slauson, what? wasn't it, or was it no. Foster? No, it wasn't Slauson. It was um, Mitten Foster. Here. Let's go to or Williams, that Williams guy. Marcus Williams? 
Yeah. Why? I didn't. I don't even know who that is. Like, was he hurt at the beginning of the year? Because I don't remember seeing him at all until Wednesday. Yeah, let's see. It, no, you're right. Jalen Slauson. But Alex Williams made the game he, he hit tying three games. before AJ's three. Yeah, he hit a couple That one pissed me off. I was like, bump that. You're not good. Stop making it. Yeah. All right, you want to move on to Wofford? Sorry, Jeb. I don't want to talk, I don't about, want to talk about the Wofford game. But what I did... <clears throat> what I did want to say is BJ Mack and Pavleski ran this game. It's yeah. a two-man show. So, oh, my gosh. BJ uh, Mack dominated. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Time out. Wait. Before we leave the Furman game, I, I, I got to mention this one thing. So, I always thought Furman was actually in Greenville. It's not. Yeah, it is. It's in this, like, other town. I don't know what the name of this town, but yeah. it's not Greenville. I mean, it's, like, it's just 10 outside. minutes from downtown Greenville. Yeah, but it'd it's, be like saying it's you're in five Homewood. minutes from this other town. It'd be like saying you're in Homewood versus Birmingham. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's it very is, different. Have you ever been there? It's thing? very different. Uh, <laughs> no, but George was telling me this. He was I, like, Jeff and I have you, both been there. You definitely know you're not in Greenville when you hit campus. It's definitely like out in the middle of nowhere. It's not exactly, out in the dude. Like, and like, they preach it's not really yes, it that is, out in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it is. They preach that they are in Greenville and they think it's so cool. And I am here to say that they are. It's like liars. being in. It's if you're in Nashville, for example, it's like being in I don't know Brentwood or no, ATR. it's not that far. <laughs> It's a 13 minute drive from campus to downtown. Not that far. I'm messing. All right, we're going on. To, we're going on to the Wofford game. We're going on the ball. You're talking about Wofford or I'm Furman? just trying to troll. Furman. <laughs> uh, Wofford is as close to Greenville as Furman. Uh, all right, so That's Wofford beat us true. 85 to 77. Wow. <laughs> this is not something I'll even. Guys, I just want. I want you to say that I won the eighth grade geography B, so I am the authority here. Uh, Wofford beat us 85 to 77. And I'm going to sum it up for you right here, boys. When you shoot seven for 34 from three, you're not winning the game. <laughs> you're not winning the game, especially when Wofford shoots yeah. 10 for 21. Oh, they're 50% from three. Yes. Yeah, dude. Because when you're looking at this game, all these stats are super similar. Like the amount of turnovers, we won the turnover battle by four. Rebounding was dead even, and we even out-rebounded them offensively, Sam, 11 to 4. Sam. How many three-point yeah. shots did we take? Read it out. <laughs> 30. Yeah, that's crazy. Four. We shot as many three-pointers as they did free throws. And they made that's 20 more free throws. Three, that's why I hate the three ball in college, because this happens. We should get rid of it, Michael. Just kidding. Yeah, we honestly should. Go back in time. I mean, think about how many key threes Wofford made that it was like gut punch after gut punch. Like we're up, we're down 16 at one point, maybe even yeah. 19. We're down 16, 16 or 17, and we kind of qu- crawl back and make it 11 or 12, and then they drain a three, and you're just like, oh. We could not, like like in the second half, you know, like I think we got it within four with a couple minutes left. Yeah. But it was like we'd get it to 11, they'd hit a three. We'd get it back to 11, they'd hit a three. Even BJ we were Mack fighting, was fighting threes. BJ Mack destroyed us. He I think was a he one has man. like what, like a thousand career points, is something like that. Well, we were only told that about that. a thousand times. <laughs> Meanwhile, they mentioned about Logan died zero times. I was like, I was waiting on it. I was waiting. I was like, all right, so we know BJ, but what about Logan? When are you going to mention Logan? And Logan did it all at Sanford. Right. BJ's been all around the world. 
How about um, this Carson McCorkle kid? I was ready to strangle him. Yeah. It was like, who? It's like, who's that Georgia wide receiver? Who's that? Uh, the guy the guy that looks like the water boy, basically. It's like the they got the water boy, the stuck Hunter some pads Renfro on him, and rolled him out there. Uh, yeah, like Hunter Renfro. No, dude, not even. He's like, Hunter Renfro was at least cut. <laughs> the, the kid for Georgia looks like he's a buck 20 soaking wet. What's that guy's name? I don't know, dude. McCro- no. Can't think of it. Do you know Michael McCroskey? I don't know McCroskey. Is it Conkey? I don't. But you know what I mean. That this Carson McCorkle kid gave me the same vibes. Like, I mean, at one dude, point. Go ahead. So so does Pavletsky. Both look like the most unathletic. Ah, okay. But I kind of like Pavletsky. Maybe I'm just biased here. Maybe I'm like you can't have two of these guys. Basketball, you know? right. basketball is so different. <laughs> like you, you can't just like. Well, yeah, clearly Pavletsky torched yeah, us. Yeah, that's dude, that's basketball. Did you see Steph Curry in college torching everyone? Yeah, yeah. he was insane. Don't even try to compare. No, I'm not. We're that's, not. I'm not comparing. I'm just. I'm but just you're saying right, Jeff. Like, like when when Curry first yeah, came yeah. on the scene, no one thought yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. Of him, and then he, he played really, scorching. really well all throughout, and then he got drafted. Yeah, you know, like, and became probably the best basketball shooter ever. Yeah, that I will. Yeah, he he is. It's hard to say player when you're a shooting guard for Pete's sakes. Or a point guard, whatever he is. I I started this game off pissed because <laughs> I couldn't even watch the game until the 13-minute mark. Because okay, hold some on. Other, yeah. Why yeah. was it on CBS Sports Network? So I like that part because we got the classic music. I, that did we couldn't right watch. March. Yeah. But we couldn't um, – there was another game after ours that ran into the same issue. It was like watch on this blah, 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 which I didn't have. Um, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, it's okay. Anyways, and we were and we were up fourteen to eleven when the game started. But yeah, I think like Wofford Wofford smothered us on defense though. Like we had a really hard time getting the ball. We down couldn't low. move the ball around. Couldn't move the ball at all. We had to settle for these threes. They were doubling Logan pretty effectively. I was right. like, mm, this this isn't good. If we cannot overcome a double team in Division One college basketball, we have issues. I think that like, right. Michael just said something. That I think we should key on is whenever you see a team, especially if you're looking at an after game box score or something, and you see a team that just seems like they have to dump themselves out or bail themselves out with a three, you have to ask yourself, like, yeah, this 34. team does not do that every single game. So why did they do that? And the answer, well, okay, but we no, do we shoot, do a, lot shoot a lot of threes. But it's like if you're shooting a lot of threes, you're not making any like as a team when you usually are. I don't know what our season-long three pre- – Oh, like you should stop shooting. No, I'm not saying you should stop shooting. I'm saying you're, – you're saying – what you said, Sam, was it has to it has to do with Wofford's defense, being able to like stop distribution of the ball and like, you know, stop the offense from running basically, right? And so mm-hmm. you're settling because the time clock – is your, your possession clock's running down and all that, right? And no, so 100%. You it, you're like – Okay, this team didn't shoot well. They shot a lot of threes. Why? Why is that the case? And I'm just saying that could be a factor. No, like, that's definitely I'm, part of I'm it. I'm like dude. backing into what you said, right? I'm saying like, even if it's not even waiting to the end of the shot clock, the amount of times we would watch just a frustrated possession yeah. where they come down and they give it five seconds, and like, oh, bump this. I'm three, just gonna yeah. jack up a shot. I was like, what are we doing? And like against Furman. The difference is like we weren't hitting our threes against Furman, but we were able to score down low. Well, yeah, their Partially, defense isn't as good. 
we didn't cover this against Herman, but Heen, their their center was out with concussion, so that helped because Logan Dye was able to work down there. But like we couldn't, he would have worked on Heen. Let's be real. Yeah, he would have. Heen is not like an asset. No offense to that guy. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't. Van, I don't know. I noticed. Yeah, Vandervlader, whatever yeah. that guy. I couldn't stand him. His energy was not uh, working yeah. for me. I was like, chill out, dude. He was like that today against UNCG. Sorry, what was that, Jed? Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, how do you, instead of trying to shoot yourself out of a, a hole because the other team is playing good defense or you're not getting the offense mm-hmm. rolling or whatever, I mean, what kind of changes do you have to make? You 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 draw fouls. You take it to the hoop. You I, play physical. And that was the problem. They shot 12 more free throws. They had 12 more free throw attempts than we did. They made they were 27 for 34 from the line. So once again, pretty efficient from the free throw line. And we are 16 for 22. Like mm-hmm. that's how you counter it. Mm-hmm. Is you soften them up mm-hmm. and then the ball starts in, to try move and get them into a little bit of foul trouble that they has to make them they have to make right. line lineup changes. And still you generate points. Empty possessions in both of these games is what ultimately killed us. And those empty possessions resulted in different things in each game, right? I think if you're but a the team, key to winning is if you're a team scoring. like Stanford who usually shoots well from three, you're yeah. They they went to that right. They're like, well, we can just shoot ourselves out of this, or whatever. No, not when it's a bad yeah, day. And, that's, and I wonder yeah. if uh, you know, I wonder if if Bucky saw that and he was. I don't know what he was telling them, but wonder. I mean, you could tell early on that this was not going to be yeah. a walk in the park. Right. Shots were not falling for us early and they were falling for them. And it was just like, mm. complete flip of the last game that we played against them. 100%. And I love how the announcers kept saying, oh, Sanford jumped out to a six point lead. It's like, whoop de doo. So we cool. scored on our first three possessions. Awesome. Sick. Yeah. Like, that, what that does that even matter? so frustrating. Like making it seem like Wofford came back from double digits down. Oh, and, oh, and BJ Mack is a thousand point score. Did you know that? Oh, no, I wasn't aware. Thanks for the reminder. Yes, yes, he is. On our side, we didn't. Quez Glover and Bubble were the only double double digit scores. Oh, we didn't mention this. Logan Dye came in and out of injury. Fortunately, he did not look that hurt. Thankfully, yeah. Towards the end of the second half, into the first half, right? He like twisted his ankle, and we thought our season was over with. And they showed the replay, and it looked like he probably just rolled it and is fine. Right. But you never know, right? Like, right. You never know. So we were very thankful that he was able to come back out. I couldn't imagine watching the game this year without Logan. That'd be sad. Man, he's been our best player, no doubt about yeah, it. The captain, baby. Well, right. any other I'll be honest, comments I didn't on watch, this loser game? I didn't watch most of the second, like the last. So here's what happened. I was like, there's like ten minutes left. We yeah. couldn't, we couldn't get within ten. And so I took the dog out, and then yeah. I came back, and it was like a three point game. Oh yeah, we clawed back slowly but surely. We went on a thirteen to two or fifteen to two run there, with about eight minutes to go. Or seven minutes to go, maybe. I was getting, I was like, this game's over. And then it just kind of flipped. And the team I expected to play played. Right. So and we weren't even making threes. Yeah. We were just playing solid defense and taking it to the basket. Yeah. I mean, we definitely made a few threes in there, but they weren't so, like by no means the majority. We start the season on a six win streak and then we lose seven. Okay, dude. The announcers also eight. mentioned the streakiness. That is not. There's so, too many other variables. Win six, lose seven, win eight. Does that mean we're about to lose our last nine games? No. Zero. Heading no, in. No, 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 no. Okay. It's totally I'm, different. I'm sensing a trend. 
there's no trend. For one, it's conference play, so we're very familiar with each of these teams. Two, we're not missing Quez Glover. Three, we're not missing Quez Glover. Oh, four, we're not missing. Oh, five, we're not missing Quez Glover. So there you go. I don't know. You just said he's a liability with turnovers. And the flu. Okay, no. I'm <laughs> saying it would be nice to see the assists outnumber the turnovers. Because yeah, even, right, even if you're right, even if you're right, if we're not gonna re- rely on him to be a facilitator, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if we're not, but since both y'all do, I guess I have to concede. If that's not gonna be the case, then limit your turnovers. Last year he had a two to one assist to turnover ratio. So see, that's a recipe got, for success. He's got he's got he's he's at a one to one this year, so he's got room to improve for sure. I mean, if he wasn't capable of doing it, I wouldn't be saying it. But he's. The best player on the Here, team. Here's so. what I think. Come on, baby. Are we streaky? Maybe. Do I want us to be streaky? No. But unless we get streaky at the right time, you know. Well, what I'm we need if we got streaky in the in the NCAA tournament. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. But <laughs> going all I think, the way I think pointing out that Quez wasn't in the lineup, you know, for a few <laughs> games. Sure, right. We had, a, but then we started winning yeah. games even without Quez. Like we went on a losing streak, yeah. Right? We, we were streaky it out. with we were streaky without him, right? Uh, and then he's back. We win a game, and then we lose two. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want us to be streaky, but they could be right. I mean, we were last year. We have been this year. Um, it's too early to say if we're actually streaky. I think these next two games coming up yeah. against Western Carolina and ETSU will actually tell us if we're streaky, because unlike Wofford where you could get a really good game out of them, these teams lack that star power. Now, Western Carolina... I don't know about that. Like, I, I think they lack star power, but as a team... No, that's... No, right. As a as a team, these teams are both solid and capable of beating Sanford. But yeah. Sanford's Achilles heel in these last two games is they allowed the star to, out, to, to basically beat them. Right, I see what you're saying. And I'm not so concerned about the best players on these two teams. I'm actually more concerned about ETSU than Western Carolina, even though I think Western Carolina is probably more athletic. The ESPN matchup predictor has Western Carolina (laughs) 59.7% to win. Dude, those interns know what they're talking about. I mean, the last two games. They they pegged the Furman game. Yeah, Sanford was was favored and was Wofford favored. I would be shocked if we lose to Western Carolina. So this is a team that lost to Citadel just last week. It is at Western Carolina. Do you think that we stayed out there the whole, like, have we been out there for a week now? Or do you think they came back? I bet they came back. Well, no. I think they drove all the way back to Birmingham just to turn around and go back on Tuesday. Well, it's only, it's, all these places are not that far. That's, yeah. Western Carolina is two hours from Atlanta, so that'd be four hours. They lost to Citadel. That's just a long time to be on the road. Also Citadel, but they, yeah. their last game was at VMI, and they won. Hey, congratulations. You beat the worst team in America. Um, I think – so we know their stars, Woolbright, Claude, and Trey Jackson. Woolbright and Claude had terrible first tasks against us the first time, but both of them ended up reaching their season averages. So they, they're, they're going to get theirs. You know, They're going to get their 17, 15 points a pop. But what I found fascinating is that they – Western Carolina is ninth in the conference in three-part percentage. And that's that's boys that that's the stat where I'm hanging my hat. We're gonna win this on game. that. Yes, if you can't make a three, you're not gonna beat Sanford. I don't Who's, know, dude. Uh, are we number if can, one? 
We number one in the conference? No, we're fifth in the conference. No, we're number one in the conference in three-point percentage. Oh, in percentage, but not three points made. Uh, dude, all I, I care about is percentage. Baby. Hold on, hold on. You're looking at – are you looking at conference-only stats? Yes. I only look at conference-only stats. So, yeah, Western Carolina is the worst three-point offense from a percentage standpoint in the conference, and we're number one. That alone makes me think we're going to win. Tell me I'm wrong. Please, please, please. That's Western Carolina's top five in scoring defense. But we didn't shoot it poorly against uh, Furman. Or was it – yeah, we didn't shoot it poorly against Furman. We shot yeah, it very poorly against Wofford. It felt like we did. And that's and th- we'll get to this. We'll get to – I think this is really what – I think ETSU has a better shot of beating us is Wofford's defense just seems like it's better than Western Carolina's. But Wofford's also just one of those teams that you never know who you're going to get. Whereas Western Carolina, you kind of, at this point, at first we didn't know who we were going to get. At this point, I think we know who we're going to get. We're going to get a team that loses to Citadel but beats BMI. <laughs> Dude, you're a confident man. I was going to say I thought Wofford was a team that we know we know what we're going to get in Wofford, and that's no. a team that no, see, no, no, Wofford was always a team where I was like. You know, because we talked about it last episode. We are like, they are the most average team in the SOCON. So one week you could get the worst team, and one week you could get the best team. But yeah, they, they have were the just capability on such a losing skid before beating UTC, which we it's did almost say. Like they like, were due, bro. They are going to beat UTC, gain a bunch of confidence, and come and, and whoop us, which they did. Yeah, because they're capable. BJ Mack is one of the best players in the conference. Pavletsky's yeah. going to get freshman of the year, and he's turning into one of the best players in the conference. Western Carolina, like Claude, is a very good big man. He's probably top five, top six big men in the league. Woolbright's a very good guard. They don't have anywhere near the depth. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. Wofford is a top five offense in the conference. They just don't play – they don't play very good defense. Now, obviously, they did against us, but overall, their defense great hasn't defense. been great throughout that's, the yeah. season. And so, I, I think that's what makes them look like a – you could get, like – you know, good off, good Wofford. They can play up, up with you, but then they could also just lose, right? Outright. Yeah, Western Carolina, however, like they're like a middle of the pack, bottom tier team in the league. When I mean, you look at their stats, like all around scoring offense, uh, scoring margin, free throw percentage, field goal percentage, uh, field goal percentage defense. Their three-point percentage, as Sam brought up, uh, they're just they're like bottom three with with like the Citadel and yeah VMI. They're so, yeah they have a terrible I would say this game's offense. in the bag, but <laughs> you look at it, you're like I don't know, man. Oh, Joe Burrow's interception. No. That's a bummer. Wasn't his fault. Well, it was a really good punt, regardless. It's the same Western Carolina team that beat Furman. Just saying. No, it is not. It is not anywhere near. That was the very first conference game. It wasn't that long ago. Wait, what did you say, it Mike? It, <laughs> let me tell you. As a Sam yeah, fan, Western Carolina losing streak. I mean, yeah, we can't. Yeah, the first conference game of the year. But guess who's not losing to the Citadel? Furman, Samford, UNCG. WCU is not capable of repeating performances like it did against Furman. On a, ba- on, on, a, on a regular enough basis for me to feel or think that they are going to beat Sanford. Wofford, you could see it. Wofford at all the making. Western Carolina got smacked by Not UNC and Greensboro. And they also got like smacked just, by Furman in their last matchup. Let's, 
Yeah, I, I'm picking Sanford to win, but it's like we've seen time in, time out. It's basketball. Or sorry, they smacked. Yeah, it is college basketball. That's right. They smacked Furman. It could be. Exactly. I mean, so that was a different, day, different Furman, Furman team. team, but still, yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, any given day, any, any team can win. I'm not going to say it's for sure. If I had $100 to bet, I'd put it all on Sanford. But. <laughs> I just like how uh, you know the things that you've called out is things Sanford needs to do to win. <laughs> Jermaine set a foul trouble, efficient from three, get to the line more than Western Carolina. Three things that we're not doing well right now. Exactly, exactly, Michael. And if so, you, like, but you're confident enough that we're going to turn those things. What, around. what better game to do that? Yes, and and yes, because we in all of our wins, that's been the recipe. Is We've been more physical. We've gotten more free throws. We've converted at the line. We've shot well from three. We're number one in the conference, three-point percentage. And Jermaine's been able to play the whole game. That's how we win. It's not that. It's not a hard recipe. Uh, no, it is, it is, but it isn't. You're right. I mean, why, yeah, after I just, these like, last two games, it's like, holy crap. I could see the team being you really tired. Stanford's last two games, and then right now we're looking at their next game, their third game. The loss to Furman. I would call that an anomaly. I would call the just the way the game went and what yeah, the way we the lost way we an lost, anomaly. Yeah. The game against we win Wofford nine out of ten times the, game, we played it over the way we played against way. Wofford with it being such an off night, I would call that a coincidence. Because it's like, okay, there's our second straight loss. They're they didn't play very well. Now, if we lose this game, I would call that a trend. Because certain You're still in the, the armpit of the oh East Coast, gosh. like, you know. Just throwing shots. Uh, God, but, Carolinas. Um, what's your state's GDP? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's probably Georgia's are very high. It's a lot, y'all. North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia are all way higher than South Carolina. Are we Let's talking about? So, anyway, all right. Um, we can flex on states another day. Um, so if we <laughs> let's cut some of this out because you just you just took me Tennessee's off track. the best you state. There's no debate. Joe. So if we have um. If we lose this game, I would say it's a concern. I'm not concerned about the last two games. Yeah, it sucked, but if we lose this game, it's a trend. See, I don't know. But and I would say I, it's see, a trend. I don't, I don't agree be, because it's three straight road. I would games. say it's a trend because of how bad West yeah, Carolina is relative to the rest of the league. That's all I'm saying. And we just played a very physical game against Furman, which I think didn't help us against Wofford, especially if we didn't go home. And then to your point, Mike, we might be tired against WCU. Yeah, we very well might be. And it's on the road. Not that it's a hostile environment per se, but... They had to have stayed it. in the Carolinas because they take buses everywhere. So, like, you're not going to be able to rest on the road, but you're going to be able to rest more in a hotel than you are on a bus six hours each way. Yeah, they're emotionally, they're emotionally beaten from that firm and loss. They're upset they didn't get to go watch Step Sing over the weekend. <laughs> They've got to stay in the They're crappy so state of Carolina for They're a week so and a half. They've got to go I, hang I, I out. I'm not in concerned. The, in the uh, Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. <laughs> hanging out in a Motel Six somewhere. in the Smokies, right on the North Carolina side, right, guys? <sighs> no, in the Blue Ridge. <laughs> in the Blue Ridge Mountains with fog. Oh my gosh! They are that. They are that. Sipping on some moonshine, drinking their sorrows. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm putting my money on Sanford, but I'm not very confident about it. Yeah, I am too. All right, let's get to ETSU quickly. So we've touched on a lot of good things. 
to me, this game poses more of a risk because ETSU's defense is way better and their number their number two ranked defense in the conference. They're number one in rebounds and rebounding margin. And as we've discussed, Furman beat our butts on the boards. Yeah. And that is not good. So ETSU to me poses a bigger threat. Uh, and they have Jordan King and DeAnthony Tipler who are kind of a a double-headed three-point monster if they get hot. They were not hot against us the first go-around, um, and it helps that it's back in Birmingham, but those two guys are very, especially Jordan King, are very capable of making threes. Um, you know, they finally lost at home. Or, no, they haven't lost. <laughs> they no, keep losing I think at the home. streak's still alive, right? Um, of winless no, they on lost, the road. They lost, to Mercer. they lost to Mercer at Mercer. No! Yeah, but they're still winless at home. But they haven't. They're not undefeated <laughs> on the road anymore. Okay, well, maybe that's good for us. Maybe that's good for us. I'm surprised that you're more confident about this game, though, because... No, 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 I'm less confident. That's that's what I meant, because... Oh, really? Okay. ETSU's... Please... I, like, I keep saying that I think ETSU's going to pull it together, but they haven't They haven't done it yet. They just lost to a Jake Stevens-less UTC which we okay, know but, how embarrassing that is. Okay, but UTC is. is still number one in America in made threes. So if they're hot, yeah, they how many of those, how, how many of those were Jake Stevens? No, no, but to, I'm saying to this moment, they're still number one. Well, he's only been like, out for As of January 29th. Uh, for what it's worth. He's only and been then out in the game against in the game against um, ETSU, they were 12 for 23 from three. So they can talking shoot Talking about ball. ETSU? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I'm talking about UTC. yeah. yeah. I think we're all in agreement that ETSU is not like as great as we kind of thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but they still pose a danger. Their defense is strong. Crazy thing is they're ninth in the conference right now, and they're a win away from being fourth. Yeah, we'll get to that. How we'll get to that. How yeah, messy we'll get, the, we'll get the conference is. If there's another stat that gives you more confidence, it's the fact that ETSU is ninth in turnover margin, which is terrible. Yeah terrible we'll see i mean they've got a strong defense so if you know if we show up shooting like we have and as you said mike they lost to mercer i think the wofford game this week is going to tell us a lot i I, like the wofford game but they play wofford on wednesday i think that will give me more or less hope of beating etsu if wofford beats them handily but if they go out and beat wofford i'm like you think wofford's on a tear right now like they're getting hot at the right time i do I think yeah. they found a system that works with BJ Mack and Pebaletsky. It's pretty dangerous inside outside game, especially if BJ Mack is training threes as well. ETSU has the second best three point defense in the league, which was very surprising, especially after reading off that UTC stat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe they have the. I, I, honestly, I'm not even going to guess. I, I don't know how they have the second rank three point defense when you let UTC beat you or shoot 50. Well, I mean, over let's look at the last game. The last Sanford ETSU game they played a few weeks ago, it was tight. That was, a, was that tight. was a yeah that was, was a close yeah. matchup. I mean it was a ten was point road, game, though. but and they have probably one of the better home court advantages in the SoCon. I'd say yeah they've got a good. I mean they're not that out every loud, week. but they have a lot of yeah. people there. Yeah, I mean looking at the stats, like they shot forty six for free throw from the line, so like that was pretty awful. Yeah, see that sucks. Uh, yeah. But what did you say they were normally? Um, Let's see. Yeah, they're the, they're worst the worst in the conference. In the conference. Free throw percentage, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's not like 
an anomaly. Maybe that's just what they no, are. Yeah, they I, can't I shoot agree. free throws. Uh, which is, a, there's no excuse for not being able to shoot a free throw. You know, Jermaine Marshall played a really good game against ETSU last time. Obviously, we didn't have Quez. But Logan Dye and... Yeah, the uh, big men played, showed out. Yeah, our big guys played really well. So, yeah. it's something to look out for in this game if you're watching it. Um, so just look at the difference in the dynamic between the guard play and the bigs. And that's a good point, Job. That we didn't have Quez that game. So, it's nice to have him back. Yeah, but I was thinking about this earlier. And I wonder if this is... Because I certainly think it's something I observed when I played in high school, but I know it's obvious it's a different level when you're in college. But when you have a, one of your really good players is out for a while and you start getting into a rhythm as a team without that player and you're actually like winning games mm-hmm. and then that player comes back and he's inserted back into the starting lineup, sometimes that chemistry that was developed while you're winning games can kind of falter um, because it's like changing the way that the the flow of the game because now Quez has to kind of get his share, right? And it's not that like these yeah. guys have been playing That's with each point. other in practice, they play with each other, whatever. I understand that. And it's not that like over time, like or over a couple games or a few games, like that rhythm comes back with having Quez in. I'm just wondering if that's something that we're observing because we're this will, you know, this is we're few games in or what three games in with Quez back and we've lost two of them. Um, I was thinking about that earlier and I just figured I'd say it because I think that's certainly a dynamic that happens on teams. Uh, no, I think that, yeah, I think you're definitely point. onto something. It's just hard. I mean, but it's so hard to gauge because he's so good watching it. You get that feeling, right? Like the defense or the offense feels a little sticky sometimes, not necessarily as efficient. The flow's not quite there as you would, watch for the first six or seven conference games you're like oh my gosh like right we're pretty smooth um right and i i think that's yeah, and if you're a coach lay. i mean you're doing the right thing by putting one of your, your best player back in the lineup right because there's nothing you can do about yeah. the, the chemistry great coaching ability to put yeah. quez in right Makes a yeah. smart man to figure that one he's out. He's a smart, he's a smart cookie. That he's just a high school cookies. coach. He doesn't know who's talking. Yeah, just about. he doesn't know what he, what he's doing. But I, I, I'm not saying there's a solution to it. It's just the solution is let them play it out. I think you and just like get the chemistry back. I think I agree. It's and in in the one time where I'm going to say it's good that we play in a one bid league, it's this and it's we have time to get things right. Yeah, it's great that he has this, the back half of conference play to get the team to, to like figure out how to play together with Quez. Exactly. Because um, you, you don't want to peak – step sing phrase. You don't want to peak too soon. You don't <laughs> peak on Thursday night. You peak on Saturday Don't want to peak on Thursday. That's right. No one's voting on Thursday. All right, so with that, let's get to our trivia. Good timing. All right, boys. A little step sing trivia. Got three questions for you. First one. Since 2004 – because I couldn't find the 2003 champion. Go for <laughs> it if you if you must. But I Google was not helping me out. Who has claimed the Stepsing Trophy the most? That's tough because I want to say dudes of plenty. But I don't know how mm-hmm. long they've been around. I'm going to go. But I'm just going to go. All right. Oh, go ahead, Jeb. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go pie cap. Yeah, that was my second guess. I'll go dudes of plenty. Okay. Y'all are both on the right track. Uh, one of those is number one. One of those is number two. Dudes of Plenty was also just independent guys. 
they created an actual name in the late 2000s. Maybe 2010 was their first time. Not totally sure there. PiCap has won it five times since 2004. They won in 2009, 2013, 2014, 2017, and then most recently in 2022. Dudes of Plenty has won it six times. One more time. Than Let's five go. Times. They won in 05, 07, 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2016. They had a slight dynasty there from 2005 to 2012. Remember that 2016 um, show was good because that was the year after our bowling show. What was that? What what, what was there? They were like didn't even go to Stepsing that year. Boys Boy Scouts or something like that. Oh, that's a lie. I did. They had that cool flashlight thing. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, so dudes of plenty. Number one in since 2004. Okay, so in that same time span since 04, which sorority has All won right. the most championships? Zeta, eighty pie, Zeta and eighty pie. Zeta might have won 2003. It was hard to say, but Zeta has not won it since 2004. So that is incorrect, Jeff. Michael, you are correct. It is 85. They won back to back in 2018 and 2019. Unprecedented for girls groups in this time span. I knew that. And then lastly, it makes sense. The best for last. How many does Sigma Chi have in this in this time span? Three. One. Jim, Boy. you know we've got at least. Are you? Do you keep? Two. What, dude? Yeah, Michael three. Do, correct. Do you even Michael, care, you're Jim? three for three. Oh Slam it home, baby. I'm gonna start a step sync podcast. <laughs> Please don't. God. I thought we. I thought we okay. had. That's a, the runners up. The runner up, and then uh, we had oh, lots of runners up. We've won like once or twice since we graduated. What? Oh, since yeah. I ran right. okay, in 2020. So, all right, wait, name out those years for Sigma Chi, Sam. Right? 2008, 2015, Us. and 2020. Okay, so I... You could technically say 2021 so since I've it was canceled. I have not what's but... happened since we graduated, so I wouldn't have gotten that. I'm shocked, Jeff. I am shocked. You don't have an ear to the to the poundstone <laughs> of, the, of the Sanford campus? Jeff, I thought you hosted the Charlotte Sanford alumni step sing <laughs> party. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm you sure, were. I'm you sure were having Porter, a big projector in the driveway. The podcast, I'm sure Porter was watching it, but I'm sure he's watched it every year. Oh, of course, I mean, a former student body president. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have to go. But um, yeah, it's cool. I thought maybe in 2008 we got second, but whatever. Cool. All right, so let's get to the the last segment, state of the SoCon. We've talked a lot about the top teams. Furman, UNCG, Sanford over the course of the last few weeks. The middle of the conference is a complete mess between Mercer, Wofford, uh, ETSU, WCU, UTC. It's kind of absurd. Everybody's like one game apart. And honestly, it's hard to to discern how good or bad some of these squads are. Uh, A couple fun stats. UTC, Furman, and Sanford are leading the league in threes made, and there are five SOCON teams in the top 50 in America in threes made per game, with UTC as number one in the United States. Pretty cool. I know we've talked about that before, but the fact that it's still true, kind of sick. There were five in the top 25 like a week ago, so. Yeah, that's changed a little. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Citadel, though, making some moves. Four conference wins. I, I'm liking their trajectory. I mean, they, yeah. they knew who they were hiring. They are hiring the former point guard of their last best team. 
All right, shooting guard maybe. Uh, The team captain, though, for sure. Guy's got roots in Carolina. Obviously, good basketball coach. He's a he's like the nephew. Is he the nephew of that author? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. You're gonna know this guy, Pat Conroy. You don't know who that is? Nope. Was he a Christian uh, author or like a novel? no? No, he just pumps out. I mean, he might be Christian. He might have Christian books. The dude has made so many or written so many books. Um, you've never heard of Pat Conroy? <laughs> you can't even name a book that he's written. <laughs> well no i'm he's not my kind of author he's like you what your grandma reads at the beach <laughs> uh prince of tides the great santini the water is wide the lords of discipline beach music the great Santini's famous prince of tides is famous he's got a couple of movies um, made yeah uh, so i know. think they're i think that that's his uncle or something i don't know anyway doesn't matter uh right. ed conroy is a good coach Big late hit on Patrick Mahomes with eight seconds left. That sucks. They would call oh, that. No. Is that going to lose the Bengals the game? You can't have a oh, game like no. this decided by something so silly. Sh- and the defensive player got hurt. I don't know about that. We're about to see. That's not a. That's not a. That's not a penalty. He's. Oh, I hate that, mm, dude. He didn't need to push him. He did need to push. It's a split second though. Like. It is, but it isn't. It is like, a penalty. You no, know he's going out of bounds. Penalty. These guys process so much information so quickly. He knew yeah. exactly what he was doing, dude. That's so dumb because, like, I hate when NFL games are decided by field goal range, like this, dude. Yeah, but the, re- the that player made that decision. I I understand that. I'm just saying, like, the Bengals, the Bengals, and the Bengals let him go all the way down the field like they, that. So it's well, not. They we're also they also had him on what third down there. So they were playing a defense right there where it mattered. I mean, he's going to miss this field goal. Right down the middle. Oh, oh that I just cool lost dollars on that kick. Okay. Uh, okay, the other fun fact. UNCG has a plus five turnover margin, which is a little absurd when you put it into the context of it's more than double the second place conference team. Wow. So UNCG is really finding a, a nice advantage there, forcing turnovers and then not subsequently giving the ball away uh quick pick them update so it's getting it's getting tight this last week was a little rough except for old jeb mike and etsu i like how you didn't list me on the top because i missed two weeks because you're yeah i mean if you don't fill out your picks you don't get points and if you don't get points you can't crack i should at least get like some type of like handicap so i could have a chance to like come back well, can I have a handicap for just missing selections? But I didn't even like have a selection. But whose fault, whose fault was that? Was that? Speechless. Crickets. So Mike Crickets. and ETSU, Cody, are tied at the top with 25. I'm in second at 24. Eli's right there at 22. UNCG at 21 and then Sanford at 19. It is a tight, tight race right now. Uh, we got plenty of games left. So even guys like Jeb can come back uh, from the dead, basically. There's still a lot to be determined here on who's going to win the pick. It's going to happen. We, have de- we still haven't decided on a prize. I'm leaning, <laughs> I'm leaning a cool trophy that travels, kind of like our Dynasty League Championship trophy. A trophy that travels. You're going to trust a bunch to of the- college kids to pack that thing up with them when they move out of their dorms? Uh, it would go to the student newspaper. Uh, okay. So there's an office, I assume. If not, that's a little odd. 
Uh, and then the net rankings, really the only thing that changed is Sanford dropped a little bit. We dropped down to 146. Furman moved up a little bit. They're at 105. And then ETSU dropped into quad four, which is obviously not good, uh, 278. But the net rankings stayed about the same. The spread is still absurd. Furman at 105 and then VMI at 348. I uh, don't know if there's another conference out there with a spread like that, 250 schools basically. But is there anything you all wanted to highlight uh, about what's going on in the SoCon right now? Yeah, you're going to fill out the next uh, week on the sheet. <laughs> so I can go ahead and get ahead on uh, eating you guys. Yeah, I'm not going to miss another week. Uh, yes, Jeb. That'll be filled out either tonight or tomorrow. Don't you worry there, Chief. Probably won't let you know, though. I'll probably just let everybody else know. You know, Furman helped us out by beating UNCG today. To make a three-way tie for first, we really, you know, that Wofford loss is killing us, and and just the way that we lost to Furman is killing us right now. Um, But the play for uh, regular season championships very much there. So just got to finish off strong with our final, what, eight games? Yeah, and that's a nice incentive. At the end of the day, you want to hang at least one banner. Right. If you can't make it to March, at least we have to play through the tournament, and it's just going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think. For us so oh yeah uh i'm happy i'm actually excited to see that uncg's you know playing really well because that was kind of my dark horse as we said you know earlier in the season but uh yeah you're right sam like win the regular season just try and win the regular season try and win the tournament and make it to march but i think it's gonna be tough and i'm not gonna get my hopes up so it will be and you know seating in the tournament is gonna matter too because we don't like seeding. If we in get the, the one seed, tournament. then we can avoid having to play. Right, because if we get the one seed, we can avoid having to play UNCG or Furman until the championship game. Exactly. If, you know, if we win like we're supposed to, so that one seed is really important. Um, and it's just less games. Yeah, and it's less games. You get buys. You get yeah. So we'll see. Sam, we how many uh, how many weeks ago was it? These teams were not in tier two or. Uh, I think we have to go back to non-conference when we had, yeah, because there was that week where most of our teams were in tier three and we only had two, maybe one or two tier two teams. Or is it just UTC or no? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. I think Furman and UTC. But I think it's significant that we have four tier two teams now in the middle of conference play. Uh, And And we'll probably see UTC drop. I mean, they're hanging on by a thread. They're 13 schools away from dropping to tier three. So right. just without Jake Stevens, I don't really foresee them winning out. Um, they'll probably finish the rest of season 500 from here. So I would anticipate three teams mm-hmm. being in tier two by the end of the regular season. But Michael's happy. Yeah. About Tennessee? Oh, man. <laughs> what the real Texas team. on Saturday. Well, well I'm a awesome. tournament team, so I'm not too excited about anything. Oh, my gosh, dude. This good Tennessee year, team looks good. Good year for Tennessee. They look they look good, but they still don't have an offense that I can trust. Well, but the hey, offense is better than Oklahoma it's been. with no offense or defense. Hey, you still managed to be considered. Uh, I can't talk. Potentially one of the best teams in the country in Alabama. So, yeah, that's what they say. I don't know. Yeah, pretty uh, good. All right, let's get to our shoutouts. Joe, you want to kick us off? Yeah, Sam, I want to give a shout out to Jaden Campbell and AJ Stanton McRae for. Uh, pulling us on the bench during the Furman game. I know we lost, but they still put up combined for 26 points. They're like, was it wasn't oh, our yeah. entire they bench. Played it, was, it was these two guys. So 
for yeah. them to combine for uh-huh. 26 off the bench. It was my shout out. So yeah, they kept us in the game. I mean, was it both of them were making kind of insane finishes at the rim, finding baskets, putting in the hoop when we really needed it. That's, that's um, what you need. Yeah, they and played. They played. I mean, they, they gave us a shot to win too. So they usually do, mm-hmm. but still, no, it's good to yeah. It's always Mike, fun to watch them succeed, even if we didn't ultimately win. Mike, what's your uh, who's your shout out? Guys, I don't know that I have one. That's okay. Tennessee basketball. Uh, a couple of losses. I'm going to give a shout out to the Oklahoma Sooners because they beat out. No, dude. Is that your <laughs> shout out? Yes. All Are right. you joking? I'm going to – okay, I'm going to go Tennessee. Wow. Let's see if he can get us to get like a retweet or a like on our tweet. I'm going to give a shout out to Olivier Kamwa, senior for the University of Tennessee. Dropped like 27 points. Dang. Actually, let me pull up his stats because he went off. Hit a new hairdo. <laughs> that was it. That was it. It's all about the do, baby. It is. New, right. new do, new In vibe. 33 minutes, he went 12 for 15. 27 points, 8 rebounds against Texas wow. on Saturday. So, Olivier Kamla, he's a, a senior out of Finland. Total wow. baller. Missed most of last season with an, a leg injury. So, it's been awesome to have him back. Um, you know nothing about Sanford, but... You're the shout out. Congrats, Olivier. <laughs> Olivier, I love watching Texas lose, especially if it's to the real UT. Exactly. Um, and just a reminder, fun fact for everybody out there: the University of Tennessee was founded before Texas became a state. Thank you. Sam, so there's no debate for that reminder. My shout out, as you said, Michael, is to the Oklahoma Center basketball team. It's been a pretty terrible season. A lot of close losses. Uh, then to beat the number two team in America by 30 points was a little surreal. Definitely made the Wofford game go down a little easier. I was flipping back between the two. Um, I didn't really believe what I was watching because OU's offense is hey, you already not know. good. You know, Sanford, but they were making everything and finishing every hey, We love y'all. playing good defense. And I was like, okay. Our football team might not be ready for the SEC, but the basketball team is. Yeah, that was an impressive win. It's crazy. It's like back your buddy heel days. Oh, no, those were good days, dude. Those were – I just, loved Buddy. You were never out of it with Buddy Heel. Yeah. yeah, those are good times. All right, so with that wraps up episode 11. I don't even know which number instead of the Bulldogs this is, but we'll see you all next week.